creating your own newsroom, content creation, videos, website, and how to get that branding and good news out there. That is what we are talking about today on the School PR Podcast with a couple of very, very special guests and hosts right now. for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Nichols Strategies. And now, here's your host, Ryan Ferran. And your other host, Matthew Jennings. Great to have you here, Matthew. Matthew, how are you? Good morning. Great to be here. Thank you very, very much. And Matthew, we got a superstar on the uh, podcast today. Ian Hannigan, Chief Communications Officer, Orange County Department of Education. Ian, how are you? Good, sir. Long-time listener, first-time guest, and I'm really excited that I actually get to hear the Rush intro. I was just, uh, I was just rocking out here in my, in my space. Well, That's from one music fan to an actual musician yourself, I'm glad you appreciate that. Use that, use that pretty loosely, but thank you. So I was I, using it loose. I was using it loosely for the record. <laughs> I'm so excited that so you know I'm on with the two of you, and. I feel like uh, Matt is is kind of like this this character that's brought into a successful TV show. So you're kind of like the Rob Lowe coming in, you know, a couple <laughs> seasons into Parks and Rec. Like the show was great, and now I think it's going to be that much greater. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks. What I heard is he better not screw it up. Is what I heard. <laughs> what I heard yeah. is just the trusty sidekick, and, and it's all good. Uh, I love I Parks and Rec, by the way. The, the audition for the sidekick, I mean, I was kind of waiting on that email, but, you know, Matt's a, Matt's a pretty good choice. Yeah, he, uh, he greased the wheels pretty well, so it was just one of those things that I didn't have time for auditions and the requests were just coming in. So, so many requests, I just had to just really cut to the chase. Whatever he's paying you, I'll double it. No, 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 let's not get into a bidding war. I can't afford it. <laughs> I like this. Hey, if anyone else is interested in hosting, I'll kick I'll kick them all off right now. Just let me know. Send me an email. What can you offer? I'll take uh, all offers. Welcome. That's awesome. Um, great to have you guys. Uh, we've known each other for years, so uh, pardon the maybe the unprofessional jabs. We like to go at each other, but at school PR, we got to keep it light and lively and have some uh, laughter along the way. Um, I love Parks and Rec, by the way. So my all-time favorite show, not that this has anything to do with school PR, but it does help the mental uh, the mental anguish at times. The Office, number one, and Parks mm -hmm. and Rec is a close number two. What about Ted Lasso? Love it. It's uh, top ten, not, not in the top five, though. Not in the top five. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, stressful times during the pandemic when I did uh, digital detox, turned off the news, um, definitely turned on the office, Parks and Rec, got some laughter going and tuned out all the negativity. Those are those are two good go-to shows. All right, um, one, speaking of news and newsrooms, uh, one episode of The Office when Michael Scott tells Pam when they have the paper recall, no Pam, they're just gonna, the media is just gonna tell itself about this. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest line ever. 
Well, can I just say I, I'm honored to be on the show. Uh, it's it's a great resource and a super fun podcast to listen to. Uh, the the Chat GPT uh, episode was outstanding and kind of prodded me to uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive on that. So thank you for that, Ryan. Yeah, that's one of our most popular episodes recently. That and Mr. Jennings' photography one recently is uh, big big players in the school PR podcast world. All right, let's, uh, we've entertained the folks enough. Let's get have to business. <laughs> yeah, have we? Probably not. Um, that's what we like to do in the school PR podcast though, is, um, get you the tips and tactics that you can use for your own school district, wherever you may be across the country and in the globe. We actually have a lot of listeners in Canada too, which is really cool. Appreciate them listening. But Ian is in Orange County and does a remarkable job with his newsroom, his setup, the website, and kind of the video. He just did a, a session at Calspro that got amazing feedback. When I walked in the session after introducing one, I saw the mega desk picture from the office too. I was like, this has got to be a great <laughs> presentation. So we want to have Ian on to talk about just the great work and how you can implement some of these strategies in your school district, your schools, and get the good word out there about what your students and staff are doing. So Ian, I guess before we dive in, just a little background about you and the uh, your job and your role with uh, Orange County Department of Education. Well, I'm the chief communications officer here, and um, prior to that, I was uh, the PIO for the Irvine Unified School District. And much like yourself, I came from the news side, spent eight years as a print reporter. I think the, the only other notable thing is that I'm you know, now a father of two public school students, and that very much changes your perspective on a lot of this work. So that's cool. It does for sure. I know Matthew is a father of two public educated students as well yep. and uh, you're both a uh, guitarist as well that's probably the most you're the lead basis for common chords don't forget that please <laughs> yeah if you haven't if you get a chance to go see the common chords here play in orange county just a plug for ian and, and ian's band and the whole band is just awesome and they absolutely rock it is a fun evening we have so ian, yeah we started off as a as kind of a lark a one-off thing at a district event and now it's 10 years later and we've kind of settled into bar band status. And Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody in the band supports and works in public education, am I right? Yeah, uh, when we started, we were all in the same district together and it was the most interesting dynamic because our webmaster was a lead singer and our board president was the drummer. So wow. you have these things where all of a sudden the webmaster would start kind of barking at the drummer like, no, 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 stop, do it again, it's gotta be this. And I thought, okay, everything is upside down right now. Everything is upside down. That's fun. That's awesome. Um, so, Ian, how did the kind of the newsroom start? Where did this come from, the concept, the idea, and kind of what do you guys have down there for a newsroom? Well, the, the genesis of this is actually Irvine Unified School District. And so, you know, I came into the business late 2006 and then 2007, we just had this explosion in terms of social media, in terms of blogs, uh, just ways of getting content out. And we took inspiration from an unusual source. Back around 2009, uh, the uh, LA Kings, they couldn't get coverage of their hockey games. So they ended up hiring a beat writer from the LA Daily News 
and they said, okay, you're going to have space on the website, just write about us, cover us, uh, uh, us as you would. And um, because, you know, part of their marketing is getting, uh, getting stories out there. Mm. So I kind of took a look at that model. And I thought, could we do something similar? Could we cover the district as if we were an independent entity and, and have that, you know, journalistic lens? And so we started doing it there and uh, really just wanted a space to be able to write about things, to be able to post things quickly. And what we found were a number of unintended benefits. Uh, and that was kind of the, the nature of our presentation is all, you know, all these things we'd love to take credit for these, but they're essentially happy accidents of things that made our lives way easier and I think had a pretty big impact. So now we've scaled it up. We have a, a version that I think is more sophisticated here at the Orange County Department of Education. It's called the OCDE Newsroom. We try to post uh, every weekday during the, the you know, the, the initial stages of the pandemic we were posting sometimes four and five times a day um but it's it's a lot of content um and uh you know we're able to sort of track analytics and we can see what is uh of, of value to people and but we really strive to to be a service out there and to maybe um you know fill some of the gaps of local news coverage yeah, and Ryan, I would say that I was one of the beneficiaries of the work that the Orange County Department of Ed is doing as I worked in two school districts in, in Orange County and had the benefit of working in, in OCDE's district because they did this great work. They were putting out these kind of more journalistic stories and these things that I was as a district able to lean into and peel from and you know, pull quotes from or really get kind of a detailed deep dive on some of the hot topics and the big issues at the time and was able to then to, to repurpose that information or point people directly back to uh, the Orange County Department of Ed's website. So I don't know if that was a happy accident that Ian was referencing earlier, but whatever that was, uh, was phenomenal to me. And that's really one of our primary goals. We have this great network of, of school communicators in Orange County um, and uh, a bunch of us went to Calspro, but um, we, you know, we've kind of made it known that we want people to be able to pull from our content, to repurpose um, anything that's useful, copy, paste, add your own bits. You know, back in the news days, we would take associated press content and we would be asked to localize it, um, to go out there and, and put a local context, get quotes in those things. So we kind of want to be, you know, uh, almost like a string service for some of the stories that we do. Yeah, and I uh, stole one just 10 minutes ago. I was looking at your website, which is fantastic, and I sent the California dashboard one that you guys did in December or early January to our data person because we were, were working on a presentation for our board and talking about the different changes and how it's kind of frustrating for parents, and the indicators are changing, the colors are changing, and the baseline's changing, and so it's just, it's... You know, if you're a parent trying to keep up with this, it's not easy, but you have a great article that explains the dashboard, explains the changes, you have context, you have a quote from one of the folks that you work with, also helping to add context and, uh, to the complicated issues. So um, it is a great resource, and the website is um, newsroom.ocde.us. And... The other thing I really like about this concept is you took it from the private sector, what the Kings were doing, and you applied it to school PR. I think in school PR, we do such a great job of borrowing from each other and learning best practices. But next level thinking is really going 
outside of our realm and looking what private sector companies are doing, how they're marketing, how they're doing PR. And if that could apply to us, and sometimes we don't think about that first, um, that's real genius. You know, one thing can I just say too, just to not to inflate Ian and the team's, uh, you know, ego even more, but uh, pump them up even more, which is they also do a great job of highlighting the local district stories too. So there were times where my district, you know, our board's like, we need to get this out. We need to get this out. And, and my superintendent wanted me to put together a press release or, or get the story out. And it just didn't get picked up. But, you know, the team at Orange County Department of Ed is also one of the teams I include in that distribution list. And they would always try to like pick up the stories, get them back out there. And so I was able to at least go back to my suit, my board. They were able to see it posted out there on the Orange County Department of Ed website. Um, so, so the fact that they also highlight some of those local issues and those local stories too out there at the districts in Orange County is a, is a big win for me. Well, and thank you so much. We want to be able to signal boost best practices that are going on and, and, and signal boost some of the, um, you know, just exciting things that you all are doing. I think we have a few objectives in terms of stories that we put out. Um, some of my favorite types of stories are, are more utility stories. So, you know, tips for parenting in the digital age. Um, you know, tips on, on child safety. And so if we can spotlight these kinds of things and have our own experts, um, you know, be the ones to, to be the experts, you know, the content experts on that, uh, I think that that's kind of a double win. But yeah, then the other piece uh, to your point, Matt, is if there are things that are going on, these great things that are happening, innovative things in districts, can we share them? Can we maybe spark an idea in another district for somebody who says, hey, I want to do that? So we have a few different goals with stories. I think that uh, most of the content we have is strategic in one way or another. We want to be able to tell the story of OCDE, of course, but we also want to be able to tell it in the context of education in Orange County. Everything is interconnected. Uh, that was a decision we made early on is do we just cover OCDE? or do we try and cover Orange County schools, which is a, kind of a bear. But everything is so interconnected and, and the work we do you know, should be having an impact in classrooms. So that was a, a choice we made early on. That's awesome. That's a interesting point I wanna dive into in a second, but I also wanna point out that you, so you have, so you have this newsroom, it's a separate website though. It's not like your district news on your website. It's an entirely different URL, a different site. Um, and I think that concept is very unique and one that we should be considering. So I want to talk about that. And then after I want to follow up, that's a great thought about if you're at a county office, how much is just about the county office. You want to include your districts that are a part of you, but where do you start? Where do you stop? So kind of like to touch on both of those, that decision-making of when you include the districts in your county, kind of how, what lens do you use? And then the decision to use a whole separate website from your normal website to have this newsroom. Well, for the first question, I, I have to give credit to Shane Klein. And he was working in IT back when I was in Irvine as a, as a one person shop. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And he found WordPress as a solution, which now WordPress is just so ubiquitous. But at the time, it was, uh, it was pretty exciting and new to, to me anyways. Um, so then when I came here, I ended up bringing Shane over as a digital media manager. And he helped uh, get us established with 
um, just a more sophisticated version of that. And yeah, so we wanted something that definitely harmonizes with our site. The colors are similar, uh, it, you know, but it, it's got a different feel. And even, you know, on our on our newsroom, we use third person. We say OCDE did this, the Orange County Department of Ed, is, you know, is, is undertaking this. Whereas on the website, it's mostly we. Um, so that, you know, then that was a pretty intentional decision too. In terms of the county office thing, I mean, it's interesting because we thought, do we even have the capacity to be able to write about schools and districts? And um, we decided that it was important for a few reasons. One, as I said, our work is just so interconnected. You can't, uh, you can't just exclude OCDE. Uh, we don't exist without the districts. Um, and then two, I mean, it's, it obviously drives your engagement rates. People really want to hear more about what's happening you know, in their classrooms, at their schools. Uh, even the districts sometimes have trouble finding an audience because it's, it's that hyper-localism that people are really after. But you know, when we launched, we, uh, we put this out there and I think we made a pitch to the OC school communicators. But the fir very first day we put it out there, we got 23 views and we're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to take to get an audience as a county office of education trying to publish news, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we decided we're playing the long game, and the long game involves, um, you know, do, doing the best work we can and trying to establish credibility. If if we're just putting out propaganda on behalf of our organization, um, that's not going to draw you an audience. And so, you know, that's why we really had to apply that journalistic lens. Um, and and just be credible. And, you know, just yesterday, um, I was contacted by two different reporters who saw our, our information out there and they wanted to do stories on different topics. One wanted photos uh, from our page and was gonna run uh, some information on the Orange County Spelling Bee. And another one um, was inter interested in a substitute teacher recruitment fair. Mm. Uh, so that to me, it speaks to you know hopefully we have some credibility hopefully we're, we're producing content that is compelling um, because those things are really critical to bring in an audience yeah that's a good point how much did you charge them for the photos <laughs> <laughs> but that's such a great point that it's now a resource for journalists and reporters who are looking for their own stories and they know that you have really good stories and you have the photos you have everything to go with it. How big is Orange County Department of Education? How many school students are we talking, Ian? You know, within the county, we've got um, about 450,000 students and about 600 schools, 29 districts, of which we are one because we have our own alternative ed and uh, independent uh, or alternative ed and uh, uh, special education programs. So it's a lot. It's a big. Um, it's a big community, and like I said, we've got a lot of great school communicators that are doing really innovative work out there. I just want to say yeah. one thing, like to touch on anybody that might be considering doing this. It, Ian, Ian just kind of like dropped it out there, solid gold, and it could go overlooked if you're driving your car, listening to this, or whatever. But that is, in order to get people to pay attention to what you're doing, it has to be compelling, and accurate information that uh, focuses on your community's need for communication and not just your need to communicate something out to your community. 
Yeah, I remember, you know, back in the Irvine days, we we wrote about a lawsuit and this, you know, in another uh, another environment, maybe this would have been a press release, but our, our mode was to put things out on our blog. And, um, you know, the lawsuit under the terms of the lawsuit, we were uh, we were compelled to pay the uh, attorney's fees for the opposing side. And I had somebody in a high level leadership position said, well, maybe we maybe we leave that out. And those require you to push back. This is part of the story. This is what the reporters will mention. And we need to make sure that that is in there. Um, and, and I mean, that speaks to another point, too. Once you make this move, I think that most of your press releases are just now stories. And that's what you can pitch to the media. You can pitch straight from that um, because, and frankly, people are more likely to share stories than press releases you know right nobody's gonna uh print out a press release and put it up on the fridge um <laughs> but they might you know print out a story if it's benching you know kids and some of the cool things that they're doing so it all of this speaks to the broader theme of building a communications infrastructure however it looks i mean it's going to be different for every district and by by that i mean like the OCD newsroom is the super highway in our communications infrastructure, but you're going to need those highways and those service roads in the form of internal comms and just different ways of getting information out. Um, podcasts, you know, are, I'm seeing more and more up and down the state. Um, but to be able to establish that up front and really know what your infrastructure is, because, you know, when crises hit, and they will hit, uh, you want to be able to know exactly how you're going to get information out in that moment. These are the tools that we have. It's not even a question. Uh, I, there's a quote by uh, Mike Tyson that says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So and, true. Um, and it's true. None of us really had a COVID-19 plan. But what we did have is we did have this infrastructure in place. We did have the newsroom. And um, that ended up being our main tool to get information out. Yeah, what we did have was a black guy after getting hit in the face, and we better figure out a plan. Exactly. <laughs> what we had. Hey, the uh, the website is it's awesome. I want to ask the technical question about the formatting. It's a blog style format, so it's vertical with the stories kind of up top. The most recent ones up top, and then you have more stories. You can go keep scrolling down and down. Is that, um, I guess, why that option as opposed to a traditional website format? I know the blog styles. You know, it's those trends kind of come and go. You guys are in that way. Do you see any positive benefits uh, from that format for you guys? Well, back in the old days, in the Irvine days, I mean, it was literally blogs format. So just you would have a story and then a new story would just go right on top of it and everything would just could constantly push down. Um, now we've moved to more of a, a news website style. So we have kind of, pick, you know, image tiles with headlines over them. Uh, we can pin stories, certain stories to the top if we want them to have a little more time. Um, in you know, WordPress, if you want to just you know change the date, you could kind of reorder stories in that way. So there are times when we do need to feature stories. Um, I know that during COVID, we had a, a running COVID-19 digest that started pretty, you know, started in January 2020. And we started just timestamping stories. So they're all in essentially one post with newer content being moved to the top, but that lived at the top of our site for years. 
And how are you getting, so you have the website, how are you getting the content out? I know a lot of people are going to it now, but it's still the problem in school PR is that, you know, we have all these websites, all this information, but nobody's coming to our websites like they used to because there's all the social media. So what is your strategy to push this stuff out after you get this great content done? How are you getting people to see it? That's a great question. Um, obviously, we use social media uh, like everybody, and a lot of our social media is uh, reflecting content that's on the newsroom. It drives back to that. Um, but one of the tools that we use is um, it's essentially an e-blast, and it comes out every Wednesday. And so we call it our OCDE Newsroom Inbox Edition. And so it's the top stories from the OCDE newsroom uh, gets emailed out. We've got a subscriber list of um, something like 20,000 uh, that we send out to. And um, so, you know, every Wednesday morning. But so the difference, you know, and, and what I was kind of trying to tell our session is it seems like a lot of work, but you actually save a tremendous amount of time. So when you're putting out a, a new traditional newsletter, even if it's just once a month, you kind of, by the end of the month, right, you're, you got notebooks full of notes, you're trying to get all your content together. Um, for us, you know, we send out this, this blast every Wednesday, but the work's already done. So it's just a matter of kind of, uh, we use constant contact. So dragging and dropping images and headlines into that. Uh, we've got our format and it's ready to go. And so that is one of the, the time-saving elements. You know, when you, when you write as you go, um, it, you know, and, and I'm a, a fairly fast writer, but I, I think that, you know, if you can, if anybody can free up 20, 25 minutes a day and just see how much, how much copy can I crank out in that time? Because we're all so busy. But you'd be surprised. You can, get, you can get a story out. You can get a couple of stories out every day. So it's, it's really just changing the mindset of, okay, I've got my notebook full of notes. I know that the, the newsletter's due by the end of the month. And guess what? It's always the end of the month once you're, <laughs> once you're in that mode. Um, yeah. Versus I, I just went out and covered this thing. It's fresh in my mind. I'm going to spend 20 minutes, and I'm just going to get it posted. And then by the time I'm ready to send out the newsletter, uh, the content's already there, so it's just real quick format, formatting of a newsletter. How many stories do you include in the email blast? I know this is something we all struggle with, whether it's a newsletter, an email blast, or flyer, whatever it is. What is your thoughts on how many to include within that? So, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit that we probably have too many stories. But the, what we do is, you know, we don't have, uh, the stories aren't entirely in the email. What you're getting are pictures and headlines. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a reader, you can look at that and say, is this relevant to me? Uh, I'm just going to click on one or two of these things. So to answer your question, typically we have about six stories, and then we'll have an in case you missed it with a couple more stories that are of interest from, you know, from previous weeks. And you know, this kind of communications or just really any, any proactive communications. I will say this about it. You might not read everything. Most people aren't going to read our whole newsroom. But I think that seeing that your organization is making an effort to reach you, that every week they're pushing out stories and they are, they're really trying to reach you where you are with content that is hopefully accessible, compelling, relevant, and credible. 
that has value. And so, you know, for everybody, everybody out there who's putting out newsletters, whatever your, your mode is, and you feel like, gosh, how many people are really reading these? Uh, I do think it has value just seeing that in your inbox. Hey, my child's school or district is reaching out to me today. Uh, they're trying to get me to understand what's happening over there and, and what's important. Uh, all of that has value. And I love the in case you missed it piece. I mean, that's another just great way to plug a couple of key stories along the way that you want people to know that maybe they missed last time. Like they opened it and they just didn't have time. They didn't get back to it. And you're kind of putting it back out there. Easy to access. And drawing inspiration from other publications, right? I mean, we all we are all consumers of media and we'll see sometimes uh, a story that's like freshly posted on a website. And, and, and you're like, oh yeah, I know this article. It must be popular because they're reposting it. And you'll see, you know, this article originally ran in October, 2020. Mm -hmm. So we started doing that too. We don't do it often, but every once in a while, uh, Ryan, you mentioned that, that school dashboard. That might be one we, we rerun sometime because uh, all of us in school PR, we create this great content. And then sometimes we give it one cycle and we're kind of moved on to the, the next thing. But can we get more views out of this? You know, a lot of people are going to miss it the first time. Can we give it another platform to maybe uh, give it new life? I'm also guilty of I know fewer stories is better to digest, but I also do the same thing because we have the stories, we have the content created. So I'm, I'm guilty of it. I think I know best practices, but it's like, well, we have these great stories. We put so much time into them. Let's put them out there. Um, so I, I'm with you on that. The, con the curation of your own past content though is something that I think not enough of us do. I'm trying to remind myself and my interns of this. So we cover these great events. We have a big open house, big spring preview. We do the thing, but that's the piece to use for the next year to promote it ahead of time. Absolutely. And we have all these things. It's like, don't forget, we did this even two or three years ago. If you're doing a video with a glimpse of your you know, it's minute, two minutes, just about here's all the clubs and here's everything you're going to see, or here's what our staff appreciation night looks like. If you've never been like, here's this video recap of it, doing it before the event, even though the video was a year from a year ago, it helps people understand, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know they get to run on the field. I didn't know this, this group was a part of this event. So the content curation of your own stuff to reuse it and get more traction too, is just such a good tip. Yeah, well, recycle and upcycle. Yeah. Recycle so, that content and upcycle that content. Content You've already put the work in. You get a lot of a lot of use out of it. So if you've done a video, if you did kind of a video recap of an event where, you know, kids are running out on the field, there's something visual, kind of bank that in your mind for next year when you're promoting it. And then you have your story and here's some highlights from last year's event. So people get a chance to see what this looks like and can envision themselves there. Yeah, we we constantly find ways to, you know, get the most out of content. So that that is just there's an important note with that, too, then, which is you have to do that dirty work in the moment. You can't you can't then try to go back a year or two years later and say, where was that footage I shot at the field? Right. So in the moment, and this is the hardest part. But when you download that footage and you edit the footage on your device, make sure you upload that to a drive, back it up somewhere, but catalog that footage. So I know um, I have folders of robotics footage. I have folders of football. I have folders of, you know, cheer. 
you know, and so or ribbon cuttings. Uh, you know, so if you're going out for a bond measure, you can you can pull that footage back about how the public dollars have really made an impact on your community. But you've got to you've got to do that dirty work and the in right at the outset when you download that footage, edit that stuff, put that somewhere where you can go back and find it later. Absolutely, Ryan. Do your uh, student interns are they working on content for you as well? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't work anymore. I just have the interns do everything. Are you kidding me? I haven't worked in like three years. Like Homer Simpson with a little birdie that just kind of ticks back and forth on the. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, no, I mean they're big on content creation. This and we actually they just won an award for their magazine. We just did a first ever magazine, all student driven. The layout, design, the photos, all the stories, uh, most of the stories written by students. And they're doing now these news report videos called AUSD Today's, where they're the news reporters, just like you would see on NBC4, whatever your local TV station is, they're going out doing those. We have news writing team. And we used to do more event coverage. We go to the games, we go to the concerts, open houses and back to school nights, which is great. And we still do that. But our focus now is on more long term projects and content creation a little bit more significant like the magazine most of our meetings last semester was all about the magazine and it's one of those things where it's and they get to have something tangible for once because we're digital and everything they do is digital but they get to take something home and our community gets something like that but yeah big on content creation and that's what i'm saying like we've done all this content creation it's like let's remember to uh recycle reuse all this stuff that we've done um so, so it's a really good point and then what do you do for um tracking like so the web hits the analytics on on the newsletter how do you do that and then how do you get so you mentioned which i think is also underutilized at times is we only send things when it's terrible happening on campus or it's an emergency but let's use our own email systems our own we have a target demographic mm -hmm. in our system that we can utilize through the email blast to our own community to get that news out there you said you have 20,000 subscribers so how do you get them to subscribe in the email list i think that's really an important tool for people to utilize as well well, we've got, uh, you know, a, a subscribe for updates link on our page. And like I said, it's all about playing the long game, um, you know, starting with uh, that first day with 23 viewers and mm -hmm. um, and just trying to build out the more you get out there. I will say that we were uh, seeing some real healthy growth in the initial years. And then something happened around March 2020. I don't recall, mm -hmm. but uh, it just it, it we almost crashed our site. Um, March 13, 2020, when the decision was made um, across the board to uh, to close down schools while everybody was trying to figure this out, um, you know, we we posted information on that, and and from there on out, um, our viewership took off. We became this sort of aggregator of local, uh, state, and national updates. Um, I think I drifted off from your first question, Ryan. So please remind me what I was supposed to be answering. <laughs> no, just the email, uh, how you get subscribers to your email list and how you kind of created that. Cause I think that is, so we have every district and you know, we all have our own parent emails and all that. What we did several years ago too, that really has helped us, especially in the pandemic, get more reach is, and I would, I would advise everyone to do this is create a community email list too that people can subscribe to. So in your direct 
who it's for. It's not for current parents because we have your email. This is for people that have graduated, you have a business in the community, you're a neighbor of a school, but you don't have kids in the school. So this is our community email list. And like like you were saying, it's going to start slow. And ours, the first year, I don't know, we had 70 people subscribe. But now, post-pandemic, six, seven, eight years later, we have close to 3,000 community email addresses on that list that are not in our system that we would not normally have a way to contact. So that is a way to build your own uh, kind of that newsroom reach and your own audience through that community email list. So I think that is something if you're not doing that and we just still simple Google form, put in your email address, subscribe, unsubscribe at any time, super easy to do. But now we have hundreds and hundreds and now almost 3000 people not in our system that we can now reach in our community and interested in our news. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great idea. I would say that, again, for us, sort of playing that long game, um, trying to have the best content we have, and I, I gotta give a plug to, um, to two members of our team who are contributing content every day um, in uh, Vicky Nguyen and Maddie Gray. They're, uh, they joined us this past year. Last time when I saw you at Calspra, uh, I think that we uh, we were hiring for both positions, but in terms of content creation, I was on my own, so I was um, probably a little out of my mind. Um, but they've come in and really understood the mission of this, and and I think it's just it's just trying to do the best work you can, trying to maintain that credibility, um, and then over time, you know, folks see what you're doing and they. They want to make sure that they're in the know on this. This this information has value to them. The only other thing that I would add to is uh, having, you know, as a county office of education, we have this great network of district level uh, comms people, and so, you know, we can reach out to them. We can share stories. Obviously, they're submitting stories to us, but at a certain point, it creates this ecosystem where it's in their interest that our readership is high because they're trying to get information out. They're trying to get their stories posted. So, um, so we've, you know, relied on them to, to say, Hey, you know, if you wouldn't mind, um, share this with your stakeholders, uh, you know, encourage them to sign up. Uh, but it, it's, it's worked out pretty well when you think of it is, is kind of that holistic, all of us are working about, you know, working on the same goals together. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, having a team, interns or staff that creates all this great content. Do you have a schedule of kind of content creation, how you guys choose stories or um, do you have a rhythmic, we're going to get everything two stories by Monday or how do you kind of do that as far as working with your team and then the districts for their, their content? How do you organize all that? It's all cocktail napkins. And, uh, nice. um, so we have, we have a, a TV in our, uh, in our workspace here in our offices that um, was just off most of the time. You know, we also oversee media services, so we would, you know, put projects on there. So we decided, let's power up that TV, let's put a Google calendar on there and make that our content calendar. We did that a few years ago. So we have, you know, uh, ideally the whole month is filled with the blue boxes, which are stories that we're working on. Um, and we have meetings every Monday that sort of double as our editorial meetings. Um, 
the benefit of this too is that you know that media services that we're all in this together they can see the content that we're working on and saying oh that might make for a good video or actually have some clips from last year and so it encourages that collaboration uh, I can tell you that more more recently uh, somebody added another little window on our monitor uh, and we were all pretty heavily invested in the, the Eagles Jackie and Shadow uh, and up in Big Bear, I don't know if you're following that, but yeah. they were sitting on their, their eggs. And so, um, so that was kind of a fun little bonding thing. But uh, yeah, our content calendar is up there in the lobby for uh, everybody to, to walk by. You know, Ryan, I don't know uh, how you do it there at Arcadia. I know just kind of add on to that from a district lens perspective. One of the things I did was I had a very simple Google Excel sheet. I had all my schools listed on it. And when I covered a story at a school, I went and just put a simple date by the school's name. And so I was able to, over the course of weeks and months and then the school year, really use that list to leverage my coverage and make it more equitable because we all know there's principals out there, administrators that are really great at getting their stories out, calling you, I've got this going on, I've got that going on. And then there's schools that you can go a week or months and not hear from. And so I was able to look into that list and when I had looked out at my content calendar and knew that I had a, the next couple of weeks was slow, I was able to go back to that list, call up very particular schools and be intentional in my coverage and say, hey, I haven't been out there in two months. What do you got going on? I need something, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be like earth shattering, like. One of my schools had Will Farrell, uh, Will Farrell, sorry. I, I was thinking about Pharrell Williams because we, I just met the backup singer for Pharrell Williams, by the way, which is really cool. His name's Jax, really good dude. Anyway, Pharrell Williams was in my head. Anyway, one of my schools had Will, Will Farrell out and didn't tell anybody. And, and he came to speak to an accounting class of what? all things, right? Right, like that's crazy, a business class. Anyway, I was bummed that we missed that opportunity. What a story. Uh, and then of course, you know, photos of it were like blurry and and not great. So I couldn't do anything with it. But yeah, it's, it's keeping a list of your coverage, tracking the schools that you are covering and making sure that you're spreading the love. Um, that's unforgivable, yeah. by the way. That <laughs> is, you had Will Ferrell and you didn't think to tell anyone. I mean, yeah. are they enjoying their second week on the job? That's great. <laughs> that, that equity so, is so important. You know, I, I mentioned that King's example. Um, uh, you know, I've forgotten about this, but I went back and looked back at those stories and there were some critical uh, commentaries on it. People, uh, especially on the journalism side, were like, you're going to cover yourself like, you know, <laughs> you, you can't possibly be objective about that. You can't possibly. And, uh, and, and so I think a lot of people thought that that was a bad idea. And I do remember treading lightly when we were first started in Irvine. But the media landscape has shifted so much that I think that there's now an expectation. And like I said, um, you know, we do get contacted, I'd say at least once a week by members of the media who see content on there and they wanna be able to do their own coverage. Occasionally it'll get, you know, uh, lifted more or less as is, but, um, you know, for the most part, they'll go ahead and write their own stories. That's uh, fascinating. You're obviously a, a pioneer with that and had the foresight because everyone and their mother, what they call objective news now is kind of uh, we all get a giggle out of what people consider news and how they consider it. And the uh, objectivity has kind of gone out the window in some cases. So that's um, if it's on TikTok, really... it's, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
Um, I want to ask you real quickly as we wrap up and just a reminder to folks that the School PR Podcast is brought to you by Nickel Strategies. You can check them out at nickelstrategies.com, an amazing group of strategic minds. If you need help with the project, you're in the middle of a crisis, or you're looking for some case studies, actually they have some great ones on their website right now. They have an amazing team. So if you're looking for some support with your work, you don't have a School PR person, or you're just looking for a little assistance, uh, nickelstrategies.com. And then SoundMind uh, had Travis, my former intern on the podcast, uh, 74, with his co-founder of SoundMind, Brian, and what the work they are doing is just amazing. They have an app, they have a whole program for mental health and wellness, stress, anxiety for schools now. They're in a bunch of schools across the country, so if you're looking to help with mental health and wellness, your students and your staff, um, what they've done is remarkable, and Travis and Brian are young, but they have had multi-million dollars in funding for this is not like a kid app. This is big-time research, experts in the field, and uh, they are doing amazing things. So check out episode 74, soundmind.app. Um, it's really cool stuff. It's kind of like their app is like Calm, but even better. Um, one of the cool things I like is that you can adjust if you're listening to something to help you fall asleep. You can kind of bring up the waterfall, bring down the piano. You, you have kind of control over the music and their music therapy research and what has gone into it is just remarkable and they're giving so much uh, of a whole wellness program for schools now uh, in that space. So check that out too, soundmind.app. One thing uh, before we let you go, Ian, is I noticed on the newsroom website that you guys in bed with uh, Vimeo over YouTube. Is there a reason you use Vimeo over YouTube or kind of what is your thought process or do you use both? You know, we are considering YouTube for, for certain things and YouTube is great because it will then push your content out and try and get it out there. Vimeo is more sort of static, but it's it's the ads and the other kind of, you know, things that get tacked on to your content that do make me a little bit nervous. Um, and I, I can think of some specific examples that have been very embarrassing uh, for some districts that I've been at. But um, yeah, so, you know, Vimeo was just sort of the cleanest way and it's so easy. You just kind of put, you know, we, we have a sort of premier account on Vimeo, you put everything on there and then, um, and then it's all embedded rather than having obviously the video on there. So that if you do need to make a change, you do need to fix the video, wherever it's embedded, it's just gonna fix automatically. And that's kind of another thing too we talked about in, in the newsroom is typos, you know? Yeah. Because our content is on WordPress, I can fix typos, you know, should they arise on my on my iPhone, uh, you know, while I'm playing with my kid at the park. And uh, we've all, I'm sure, had that experience of hitting send on a newsletter and then getting that email back about a minute later and you're just like, oh gosh, how did I miss <laughs> that? Um, so yeah, so Vimeo is another uh, uh, tool that we use. The embeds are great too. I mean, embeds on WordPress, uh, you can put social media, Instagram and Twitter and things. So if you're dealing with fire coverage and the OC Fire Authority has a tweet out, it gives that little more uh, of an official feel to be able to embed their tweet. Or back to school, we could do a back to school roundup by just embedding a lot of Instagram posts from the districts and saves us, you know, trips of having to go out to 15 different schools. You know, Ian, uh, a quick question I have about uh, 
Vimeo, because I haven't looked at it in a while, several years back, I had to make the decision, do I go Vimeo, do I go YouTube? And I went YouTube just because of closed captioning. At the time, it wasn't easy to close caption Vimeo videos. Has that changed? It has changed. Uh, And people far smarter than me could speak to it more, but um, they have uh, they have a whole system now that allows you to do live webinars. They've kind of added a lot of neat components to it. But I think for That's what funny. you do, Matt, and trying to get you know get videos out there and have them be uh, shared and, and you know populated into the feeds of people who who share our interests, I think you know YouTube is still the way to go. Yeah. All right, before we wrap it up, a couple episodes. If you haven't listened to the School PR podcast in a bit, uh, 73 is this really cool positivity posted exercise that we did with our interns, but you could do it with your colleagues, team meeting, principal meeting, staff meeting, school site meetings. It is just a great way to boost morale and have some kind of bonding time. It just takes 20 minutes. It's easy and fun. The ROI on it's amazing. So we explain all that. Uh, we talked about internships. We've had a program for a long time um, in Arcadia. We actually now started a, a national communications internship collab. So we have over 50 people from across the country that either about half have internships and are just looking for new ideas. Half are about to start internships or interested gaining ideas. So if you're interested in joining that, we'd love to have you. We do quarterly meetings. And one of our recent speakers who kind of presented about her format, she does it through CTE. It's a paid internship. Kate Crowder, um, that's episode 72, her whole presentation for us. She had her interns on. We got to ask them questions. And so that was really fun. 71, photography tips with the legend Matthew Jennings. We really gave some good ideas on how to increase your photography and your photo skills um, along the way. We talked about chat GPT. That's episode 68. It's fascinating if you haven't tried it yet. Episode 65 is about uh, grad runs in the senior celebration. So we're getting to that time of the year. If you haven't done a grad run or a grad walk in your district, now's the time to start thinking about it. They are amazing for positivity, branding, celebrating the success of your students. They go back to their middle schools, their elementary schools. It's adorable. The students line the hallways with signs. The the seniors are in their caps and gowns. We've been doing it for years. Not my idea. One of our principals, Dr. Tung, um, he may have stole it from somebody else. But if you're not doing grad runs, now's the time to start thinking about it for May and June because they are just amazing. And then finally, uh, episode 64 is how to get more engagement with your videos. We do these videos, we put so much time and energy into them, but if they're just sitting on YouTube or Vimeo with 12 views, what in the world did we do the video for? So how do you get more traction? So a lot of tips in that one. There's actually a lot of views to that one because that's some of the problem we guys, we create these con- these great pieces of videos or articles and then nobody's reading them. It's like, we gotta push it out. Um, so anyway, that's if you're, and then we have 60 more episodes on crisis communications and media and all that sort of stuff. Matthew, I wanna give you an opportunity. I know you're creating so much in this space too with helping people with strategy and techniques, uh, what you're doing with Peach Jar. Been seeing the videos, was on one of them. We talked media relations, and I know you've been around the country actually kind of working on some of this stuff, talking to some of the best and brightest. What do you have going on? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. Yeah, uh, Peach Jar Extra Credit, you can hit that up on YouTube or any of our social media accounts, but 
the, the goal is to bring content out to school communicators and stuff that's relevant and captivating and will make a difference in your life. Uh, we did. We did a, a really great two-part series. It was supposed to be like a 25-minute video uh, there with – I did it with Ryan and Amber at Arcadia on just media relations. And, man, that turned into like an hour-long thing. I had to break it into two separate videos because it was literally a media 101 boot camp. So if you haven't checked that out or if you're new to the space of media relations or building those relationships, that's a really good place to start. We do have a lot in the pipeline. I just filmed one with, uh, filmed one with Andrea Gribble, and she's the social school for EDU. Um, business and, and she just does a lot of amazing work in the space of social media for schools. I've got one coming up. I'm traveling to North Carolina to do a, a three videos on community engagement with a superintendent of communications. So I just think that's amazing already that we have somebody at that level that a district has recognized our profession at the level that they've assigned a title of uh, assistant superintendent. We're going to do one on community engagement. We've got another one um, going on marketing and branding and how you can really dig into your district and your schools and, and market and brand and lean into what you can do out there in the community outside of what we talked about today. So we're talking about websites and news and, and kind of the digital realm. That's going to focus on the physical realm, what you can do out there in your community to market and brand your schools and districts. I've got some coming up on legalese of social media in the space of how social media works and how we can interact as professionals and also how our board members interact where people can and can't film on campus. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff planned. Peace to extra credit. We already have quite a bit of content out there. Uh, be sure to check it out. Nice. I've been enjoying it. You've had some great people on. And I know we did media relations. Christine Peck is also media relations. You talked yes. to her about uh, staffing right. campaigns and all that. You talked to Rob about graphic design. He's so good at that. Um, so Peach Jarks, your credit, is doing some really good things. So appreciate what you're doing. And Ian, uh, newsroom.ocde.us. And then where else can we follow you guys and their work on Twitter and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, we're on all the uh, the, the big social media platforms and uh, here, here if you need us. Well, I think I might kick Matthew off the podcast and have you uh, as a new co-host. I don't know. Let's like, have my agent talk to your agent. How do we, how should we go about this? Don't I Matthew you still on? If, yeah. something, if something were to happen in that, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, just huge fans of you both. I think both of you bring so much to the table and really propel our, our profession forward. So, you know, much thanks to you for including me today. No, absolutely. Hey, I, I'm not worried about it because honestly, I think if Ian was going to focus on anything else, it should probably be his modeling career. I think he could be very successful in that <laughs> arena. Uh, I think put, put, putting him on a podcast just isn't isn't his specialty. Yeah, me and Matthew have faces for for podcasts. Yeah. You, I mean, we just uh, let's not deprive you to the world. We need to get you on some video absolutely. or some reality show or Are you something like that. This is just sound only. This is this is. Why so am I just sound though? Why yeah, we I, can see each other? Why am I wearing a tuxedo? I, <laughs> <laughs> We're wondering the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You can take that little cigar pipe out of your mouth too right now. It's not making you look any more sophisticated. And who wears a top hat nowadays? It's, I thought it was yeah. awkward. I had no idea you didn't know this was only audio. This was awkward. I'll bring it out We'll see if we can get a picture of this and put it out to the world. Yeah. But uh, Ian, you've been doing great things for yeah. a long time. And uh, to be honest, I've kind of prodded you to kind of present a little bit, be more involved because your voice and more importantly, your brain is just needed in the school PR world. 
I was one of the one years ago when people, I was telling the story at the conference that uh, people would ask me to present. And I'm like, you want me to give away my secrets to other districts competing with? Like, get out of here. I'm not presenting. <laughs> but uh, for the betterment of public education, whether they're in our community or yours, and to help our colleagues in this profession, which is a very sharing and collaborative profession, uh, appreciate you presenting at Calspra, coming on the podcast and sharing because you do have a lot of great ideas. You're willing to um, share those ideas with everyone. So appreciate you kind of what you've done in this space. You're definitely an all star. And if people aren't following you, they should be. Um, so thank you for all you've done for this uh, for this work, which is so important. Anytime. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Matt. And tell tell Shane, Vicky, and Maddie that we know who's doing the real work, and uh, we'll send them the check as well. We, we see them. Absolutely. Hey, guys, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate it, as always. Amazing. This is the uh, School PR Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, at School PR Podcast. Don't forget to check out Nichols Strategies. They're on Nichols Strat and uh, SoundMind app. Uh, they support us so we can support you been a pleasure until next time for the co-host for now at least matthew jennings and the man the myth the legend from orange county department of education ian hannigan i'm ryan ferran keep telling those positive stories helping your students schools and staff